right. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read It and Weep. I am your host. My name is Tanya, and I'm here today with a slightly smaller panel than we would usually have. Uh, Sarah, Ezra, and Caleb are dabbling in frozen foods. Yep. So they can't be with us today. Mm-hmm. They're dabbling. Uh, they're dabbling. Yeah, we. They're they're trying to figure out a way to to engineer a better frozen waffle experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very important. Uh, just we yeah. will just pipe in though. We'll play some Elmo. Uh, in the background, just so you're comfortable. Yeah. We don't want to throw you guys <laughs> for off. Of you, for those of you that miss our unnamed guest, Mr. Elmo, <laughs> we, can, we can definitely make that happen for you. As I go around and introduce Urbade today, um, I'd like to know about your fast breakfast plans. Ooh. If you have to eat breakfast real quick. Um, and maybe maybe something a little bit more sophisticated than just granola. Like your your prep could be like ten minutes instead of like three. I mean, the the work two. that they did in fifteen minutes like was real, almost insulting because like it takes me ten to make yeah. cereal. <laughs> yeah. How does it? Okay. Can't even. <laughs> I'm not. Never mind. I take that back. Um, so Chris, you're here with me in Brooklyn. Oh yeah. Let's hear about your quick breakfast. Uh, my go-to quick breakfast is scrambled eggs. Uh, that's you know. It seems like for all the hot breakfast, you're like, oh, it's going to be so much time. It's not that much time to scramble nope. up some eggs and, and do that. Maybe put uh, a little salmon, a little goat cheese, you know, a little, uh, mm. little tarragon on there. It's good. Mm. Damn, you jacked my hot breakfast. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Good try. Huh. All right, let's go over to Portland where we have Alex and Megan. Mm-hmm. Alex, how about your hot breakfast? Uh, similar. Uh, I like uh, a little spinach and uh, lentils and then throw some eggs on that. And just saute it and uh, put some spices in there. It tastes pretty good. I would never do tarragon because I'm not a weirdo. But <laughs> whoa, tarragon is delicious. I don't know what you're it's great on is, eggs. Man. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, just, it's really it good. Sounds with eggs. so fancy. Mm-hmm. It um, just is a spice you haven't gotten to be friends with yet. I have this uh, Cajun spice mix that I got when I was visiting somebody in New Orleans, and they uh, I, it's very good. I just throw that on there. What's it called? Oh, man, I can't remember now. It's called, like, ass kicking or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Gonna give this breakfast a real ass kicking. That's what it is. It's really it's good. It's time for the breakfast beatdown. Uh, that is my quick... Uh, all, and I also, sometimes you can throw uh, frozen hash browns in it. Make a little Ooh. carbier. Mm-hmm. Oh, question. What kind of lentils do you like? In your, uh, Trader in Joe's your has the pre-steamed breakfast. lentils. Ah, uh, true. That are yes, lightly little... seasoned already, and they are just the best to throw in things. It's the yeah, easiest that lentil. lovely little vacuum pack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, one time I had a friend who worked for a bagel delivery company, and so he gave me just these huge paper bags full of day-old bagels, and so I just had a freezer full of bagels. So for a month, I had a quick bagel every morning. It's pretty good. Oh, bagel. Bagel, bagel. I'm in a real bagel phase. Yeah. All right, Megan, (laughs) let's hear about your quick breakfast. Well, um, I am not a very quick person in general. I'm sort of more on the slow, you know, slow and steady side, and so I... uh, I definitely just do cereal and I have my morning routine like very carefully calibrated. So if I add anything else, then it completely throws me off. Like if I have, Oh, you get off your rhythm. (laughs) Yeah. If I have like a banana, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm running late. I don't know. (laughs) So yeah. So definitely the cereal and milk for me, like, you know, and I, I eat it within like, you know, seven minutes and then I, I, you know, go dry my hair and then I like come back and my tea is like just cooled enough that I can drink it, you know, while oh, I'm, yeah. this is really, you know, this is giving minutes. me all of the like soothed feelings. I really, I love Megan explaining exactly how things work out perfectly. Like, <laughs> the timing is just right. <laughs> Do you want to lose some of those feelings? <laughs> what? This no. taste, this taste blend is called Walker and Sons Slap Yo Mama. 
<laughs> Cajun seasoning. Slap your mama. Uh, hot oh, seasoning great. blend. It is so it good. Great. And uh, when I stayed with a friend, she just like wrote on the top, now you've been to New Orleans and just gave it. And that was waiting for me sitting on my pillow when I stayed with them. It was really cute. That is oh, that is such a nice touch. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Oh, I guess I should mention, I think mine is probably what I do most mornings, which is... Um, like really exciting toast <laughs> with some turkey bacon. It's, uh, oh, toast with delicious. turkey bacon. Yeah, but I also, similar to Megan, I have my my timing is just so. Mm-hmm. For a while, I was experimenting with like trying to put some goat cheese on the toast, but that like really <laughs> takes me like it takes too long. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. Like I get all like into like oh, I have to spread it just so and like uh, <laughs> no. no. How do you no. cook your turkey bacon so fast? Um, I put it in a in a pan. And I, I like I have a I have a lidded pan and I put it in the pan with the lid on and I have it on like medium heat huh. for a while until I can really hear it going. Uh-huh. And then I like open the pan, flip them over, turn it down to low. And then like that's usually when I turn the toast on oh, and then the so toast nice. and the so the turkey bacon has a longer time on low on the other side. And by the time the toast is done, the turkey bacon is like where I want it. Yeah. And the lid is key. I mean, the yeah. heat really, in the kitchen like is so wasted i actually the one i love that like that well-oiled machine that that sounds like i did uh oatmeal for a little while and the only way to make oatmeal like from uh like from like not not quick like normal slow cook oats the way to make that work on a schedule is to throw that in and take a shower while it's simmering because it takes so long and then you come out well you're steaming yourself and the oats are getting steamed up too exactly everything steams that's the motto of this house (laughs) (laughs) we are all gonna have dewy plump skin after this this is your first visit to steam club you will steam today (laughs) (laughs) perfect rule number two when someone slaps your mama you're out (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of getting getting steamed and or just like lit on fire i guess let's get into the (laughs) Let's get into our literal quick fire today. Yeah, such uh, an which important place it. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed the stakes, which were if you have hair, watch out. <laughs> yeah, what uh, man? That uh, Martin Yan sure does like a real hot wok. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yes. Well, the wok so, is such a crazy efficient like pan. I I do want to I. <laughs> I'm not actually going to recap this episode minute by minute, but it's going to feel like that for just a second because <laughs> the chefs are escorted into this whole thing's timed very carefully. If you add goat cheese, yeah. we're going to throw the whole episode off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just have to spread it just so. Uh, but the the guy that they witness upon entering what I really want to call my China because I, I actually really love that that name for the restaurant. I think it's really fun. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. My M Y China. Um, it, he's like working with a ladle in a way that I had never seen anyone do it's before. Crazy. It was completely insane to me because I think of a ladle as like good news if you got soup or sauce, but otherwise, like, <laughs> you know, you're just eating up utensil jar space. But this guy's using it like a he's twirling. He is using it basically like a spatula or like a yeah. tiny shield. I felt like there were times <laughs> when he was like doing stuff into the flame with the ladle that like no other utensil could do. Yeah. I just it was it was really blowing my mind, and then also it was just like a baton, <laughs> which was great. I'm really looking uh, forward to when we do a set. Uh, we sell like pack your mics official kitchen utensils because it'll be like our our motto would be like ladle. Good news if you got soup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hope you like chili. Yeah. I was worried that there was just going to be a bunch of utensils shaped like microphones. Oh no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> it's like that's not helpful. This is our signature no. line. 
It's not our corny line. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair hey enough. Yeah, we have to get some investors later in the episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If our, bus- our business plan holds any water. Oh, I can't wait whatever. to talk about business plans. Business plans should <laughs> hold. Oh, boy. Spreadsheets. Uh, so, yeah, they, we have a chop suey challenge. Um, and also to Alex, I'm sure, Alex, did you do a victory dance when Podden was like, immunity is off the table? Oh, we were so excited. Mm-hmm. Although I did realize that we'd not had any immunity monsters this season. So it's yeah. been a non-issue. Mm-hmm. It hasn't ruined anything. I yeah. also, I like the idea that there's sort of like a demarcation point after which immunity is no longer part of the deal. Yeah. And that that's getting like more and more clearly laid out. Like it feels that feels kind of good to me. i do feel like yeah. a couple years ago when when immunity monster won the show, show it was like it was real surprisingly late and i thought they had yeah. stopped before that and then they brought it back so yeah just yeah. if it's a clear like now it's too late in the game immunity's not fair anymore mm-hmm. if totally. you suck on the challenge you shouldn't get away with it for having done a decent chop suey mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> indeed now uh, did have you guys watched uh you can with martin yan Oh my god this I I grew up watching this on PBS and he is he has like the warmest personality all the time and he's just so like encouraging like Like, his walk his personality is always hot (laughs) oh man (laughs) he is so much I love his like clenched fist that he's like oh yeah yes (laughs) so much like he's just vibrating all the time and teach you how to see the bell pepper and he's like you just do it this like this and you know this looks like but you know if yan can so can you always you know always talking like that and he's just the best i don't it's know so maybe he's so, so happy <laughs> does anyone else use their name so well i don't think anyone i i certainly have never like yeah except for like the uh if it's tom's probably, mom your mom can mom no it doesn't work yeah. as well. <laughs> do you think bobby flay named himself that after he started cooking food is oh, that, that a is, show name that is definitely a great cooking name it's e- either he did that or it was like he was named flay so he had to cook mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> if tonight if your name is flay tonight you have to cook <laughs> i feel like yeah like you no one's gonna be like oh be colicchio not a sneaky ho. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that is a motto though whenever he catches you like trying to steal something like a bite of food from his kitchen yeah <laughs> he'll he'll stop you it's yeah yeah sneaky hose not welcome no sneaky hose <laughs> so we had some clear winners across our I, I get are we really we're down to six folks yeah dude yes it just feels mm-hmm. I mean, does it that's feel like totally too few accurate. chefs on your tv suddenly i'm like where did everybody go <laughs> yeah but it's so far it's like just the ones that you can kind of remember you know mostly mm-hmm. yeah well yeah, carl yeah, just joined Mr. us Chicken. this week i think <laughs> <laughs> Carl, I think Carl took like a quick hiatus. Yeah, yeah. but he came back. He, he made a date himself with rapping. Yeah, yeah. I, I know this is a funny time to do this, but I want to take everyone's temperature on Carl because I, I like him. I feel like he's a, a twinkly-eyed New England little sprite. Um, but Chris was registering some Carl fatigue during this episode, and I'm curious what you guys think. I, I, I would say that he does seem like he's still in the background. Like yeah. it's, you know, it's yeah. sort of like. Oh, there's Carl, you know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see so, him. I see him. <laughs> so nice to see you, Carl. Yeah. I, uh, I love the. Uh, I love that both of you have opinions on him, which is so impressive. Since I still have no idea who he is, so it's he, it's to your credit that you both have eagle eyes, both for the positive and the negative. You know, he made a good early first impression. He was strong. Maybe the first couple of episodes, he was in that stronger group. 
I guess. Yeah, stronger mm-hmm. seafood guys. I feel like Carl Carl was like right in there with with, with Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah, with with Shaka Bra. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, and and he Carl never did anything to discredit himself from that first impression, and so that's why I kind of you know kept a kept a high ish opinion of him. Yeah. But I think some of his decisions on you know the uh, the quick fire, I was I was sort of like, Ugh, really are we are we really stir frying lobster in the shell? That seems weird. Yeah, right. that's is that enough for you to be fatigued with a person? Yeah, that's I think well that's why th- I'm that and the rapping. The rapping was, he, was problematic for me. Yeah. He rapped both of the past two episodes or kind of had he some hip hop flavor. He's got some flavor. I mean, it's, but it's not his fault that he can't deliver on said flavor when it comes to hip hop. When it comes to food, it's absolutely his fault. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> but like, it, you know, he's trying. He's, he, and he feels it. I guess that's the thing is like, he's so, he's so smiley and so like nice. Like it's mm-hmm. hard not to, it's hard not to root for him. In I my, mean, to in me, he's just—he's just so perfectly middle of the pack, and that pack is getting smaller, and mm-hmm. eventually the middle will be the bottom, and he'll have to go. But right, I don't—I don't dislike I don't know, him. I'd be—if he started winning, it would be really weird at this point. Hmm. If he yeah. just went on a tear and won three challenges in a row or something, then I would start to be like really examining him. But I'm just so busy hating Jeremy and liking Marjorie and Isaac and Kwame. That yeah, it's Carl funny Lamar that you say it'd be pushed. cool if he started winning stuff because he did win the elimination challenge. Yeah, he won it like overwhelmingly. Don't even remember. <laughs> Which is that. also See? impressive that you still don't know who he is. No idea. Totally forgot. <laughs> totally forgot he won. Could not have told you that. Like if you had said he won this challenge, <laughs> never would have guessed Carl. He would have been like Pasta Mama. Yeah, yeah Pasta Mama. Was it Pasta Mama? <laughs> no, it was not the Mama. <laughs> oh yeah, he won with his really dumb Mediterranean thing. Yeah, wow. like, but Mediterranean Med- Chipotle. Okay, so we had to dig for it, but you do have feelings about Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I just hated the name. It was like it was, it was savory like, med. Savory yeah. med. It's just like, have you never been to a business? Have you yeah. never yeah. opened a phone book or called a person? This is, <laughs> this is not a good thing to call a thing. Yeah. However, his food was amazingly good, and yeah. his business plan was uh, something that could work, like the Chipotle style thing. Where you yeah, I thought that together. was well. We'll get to, we'll get back to him in a second. I have I yeah. have more feelings on that. I did not remember he was the one who did it, but I have strong feelings on savory <laughs> med. <laughs> so I will say I, I I really enjoyed the quick fire. If we're just gonna if we're gonna yeah. try and like wrap up that piece of yeah. meat in a tortilla really quick, um, I yeah I thought that it was fun to see something that's so technically challenging and so technically specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not really like you can do you can certainly do a take on it, but there are certain elements that have to be in place, and those are so clearly defined with chop suey. I really yeah enjoyed that that was what we were dealing with for the quick fire. Yeah, and, and the pan is five to eight times hotter than a normal pan. Yeah, I loved so. them being on that station, and I loved that cha- the challenge of it. I did feel like uh, 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 Cajun Cajun man. Um, it sounded like he's just not making. He's just like I'm going to make this other Chinese dish. He made which is not a Chinese dish. Well, by the right, way. General Tso's chicken was not Chinese style, a Chinese thing. Right, right, but chop suey is not a Chinese dish either. Right, that was the. Well, it was. It was unclear. the. Oh no! I th- I thought chops. Didn't they say this? Maybe I was just thinking about this. They um, chop suey was the dish for in in American Chinese restaurants that was like this is our garbage dish, and Americans were like, oh, classic Chinese, and it was just a way to throw together different ingredient like different leftovers. 
Yeah. Oh, for for sure. I'm just not sure if chop suey is a thing in China or it was or if it was invented stateside. Oh, I'm f- I'm fairly certain that it's a stateside thing that was like I mean, okay, to cool. passed yeah. off on a, 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 it does, a it delightful does like joke that. perpetrated on American diners. <laughs> I feel like American diners are often the butt of the joke. Yeah. Right? Like it's just like dumb Americans like this thing, I guess we'll sell it to them. La 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 la. Ranch yeah. dressing. <laughs> wait you mean hidden valley original ranch the best salad dressing that i'm always yeah, for sure. some craving yeah. <laughs> i feel so positively yeah. about that brand chris i don't know why i don't know it's just like it's what brings families together and you know i can really see <laughs> chefs using it to to put together fine dining dishes it's the edible, edible elmer's glue of families isn't that what hidden <laughs> valley ranch is Mm. <laughs> mm, just wrap it together with some cling wrap got yourself a family burrito <laughs> <laughs> whoops i i just thought so, it sounded like isaac was like i'm just not going to cook that dish i'm going to cook a different dish that i like but they didn't seem to be bothered by that so it must have been close enough yeah and i like chop suey is such a general dish and uh, you know you could put whatever you want and he's like well i'm gonna try this general so's style chicken in the yeah. walk with stuff and everybody and loved as soon as he said the cracklins i was like they're gonna love the cracklins because padma cannot get enough cracklin I oh mean, i think if you're if you're a human with a mouth cracklins could be something <laughs> you would be into if you eat <laughs> uh I, it just feels like every time somebody is like i removed the skin and fried it uh for chicken or for fish padma is always like oh, i love the, the, the crispy skin yeah. like yeah, enough I mean, times I, that maybe somebody should have noticed that well, I think people, I think that's, this is what people are known because we've had a lot of cracklins this season. So clearly people Maybe are they're like, getting the, the message. Going to make that pretty lady happy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just had to, I was distracted by Chris correcting the typo where he had referred to Marjorie's dish as saying nice barnacles. Oh, it was nice <laughs> balance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> just nice balance. I took notes in a program that has a very aggressive spell check. <laughs> I love it. And so, like, ingredient names, it consistently tries to just name two normal words that yeah. aren't. Oh, my God. Yeah. Lobster oh, chop suey, ginger, yeah. Thai chili, orange, and great barnacles. <laughs> yeah. Great barnacles. We definitely had some megas instead of migas. That was cool. yeah. Oh, yeah. Megas. All right. Yummy. Yummy megas. Yeah. I thought that was a super fun challenge I and, and, and a, a fun uh, host. And, uh, and I learned that Marjorie won and got a non-advantage advantage. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I think g- making her pick all the teams is a good structural, like, here's the advantage type of thing. Yeah. It's not like it's she gets probably, extra time. She doesn't get it, extra budget. You know, It didn't super help, and it really didn't hurt anybody, mm-hmm. um, it, but it made her feel exactly. good for a second, which is a great Except advantage. maybe Philip is the, uh, you know, well, the albatross so there. This, this is the great. funny thing. Oh. Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, I just oh, thought I was great. Gonna... He did not end up being that, so you, you go. I was just going to say, I think because we are we are relatively villainless at this time, um, and even Philip is like not a. I feel like he's like a sixty percent villain. Like he's a villain mm-hmm. in like certain circumstances. Well, he's a neutered oh, yeah. villain. He's not on the show anymore. Well, but even him as like a threat being brought back right. in is like, whoa, somebody's going to get Philip is like <laughs> not actually that bad. A no, thing. he's got yeah. decent yeah. skills. I've heard him called uh, a dingling. You know, sometimes he's just, you know, they bring in, you know, talented chefs and they also bring in, you know, kind of dinglings yeah. for personality. And <laughs> Sorry. you heard him called this in like variety. Before. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, what kind of newsletter are you getting where they're talking about? It sounds like something we might TV. say. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, no, no, among people who come sources. up with me nicknames, he's referred to as dingling. <laughs> no, no, no. This is uh, there's another Top Chef podcast out there. 
that I've been listening to. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will a, fight them. Twisted <laughs> yeah, we should actually. We should fight them. I don't, what are they called? I, I don't think. Don't we mention fight. the name. Let's not advertise. Okay. Okay. Let's not even acknowledge that they exist because people are like, oh, thank God. And then immediately they all just left. Hence my reluctance to cite my source. <laughs> but you want to talk about their material, man. Yeah. You well, can't said, just I quote somewhere. this other show. Well, I heard somebody sounded, else call him. I don't know. It just sounded like you had some like primer to like the magic elves, like interior vocab. You're right. It did sound like that. I hear. Yeah. <laughs> the producers are great if the magic elves has like, dingling. has like, yeah, names like dingling and like, like pixie bottom or you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> who's pixie bottom that's gotta be amar i was right? gonna say who is the pixie bottom yeah, it's amar. It's amar. yeah. <laughs> quick cue actually i think it's carl thanks yeah that's <laughs> probably closer handsome carl it's yeah. hard to picture him but i i guess pixie bottom could fit yeah <laughs> oh yeah okay moving right along i liked her picking the sous chefs because she made it seem like it was a huge like weight to put on people and then everybody seemed fine with their sue she was even so if they nice were like to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even Wesley, the first, because uh, they did the last, the previous six eliminated chefs. So mm-hmm. you couldn't have, you know, like uh, Francis, for example. But um, Wesley was there and he was actually a great asset to Isaac. Uh, and, you know, everything, everything worked out. I think that speaks to the overall depth of this, this season's cast. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. there's mm-hmm. not like huge bombs like oh no nobody wants it and when they do stuff like this even when they do it in the finale is usually even if you're a great chef if you were if you were a hard to get along with chef as soon as your job you're eliminated and your job is sous chef they like they get that that's a different job and they totally usually turn down the attitude and philip was like that he was just like all right now i do prep yep we didn't even get off-camera interviews with these Sues this That's time. True. Sometimes when they bring folks back from Elimination Land, they will, they'll have them talk about like, yeah, I just want to, you know, I really want to do uh, Marjorie a solid here and just like try to whatever. Like they didn't, they, it was, they were very just like function only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Philip did give Kwame uh, a suggestion to not hang himself with frozen waffles but he backed mm-hmm. off when Kwame said, no, no, no. I would like to ruin my chances of ever being on this show again by making frozen yes. waffles. Yeah. And Philip said, no, I'll do exactly right. what you tell yeah. me to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all that. And Philip's chicken, you're right, was good. The reason why I said Philip's a liability is, you know, he just might have a cloud of doom surrounding him. That's uh, what I expected. But he seemed fine. Like well, I was expecting He seemed fine, but his yeah. effect, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Kwame also handled it really well, which is like, well, I have worked with him more than anybody else. I'm good at it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that was that was an interesting way of misreading because I feel like as viewers, we got the impression that Kwame and Philip, despite having that one tense discussion about that squeeze bottle, like mostly got along just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. And I think Marjorie, you know, saw them fight and was like, this is going to be a crazy curveball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it wasn't like she had the opportunity. It wasn't like she could say, okay, for your sous chef, you get uh, this rambunctious child. I mean, they were six (laughs) top chefs. (laughs) A really enthusiastic but clumsy seven-year-old. Yeah. (laughs) Still in contract negotiations with top chefs, so he's not going to be on the show this season, but (laughs) we do anticipate seeing And he has some strong opinions about seasoning, even though he has no flavors. Like, he can't taste, (laughs) but he is really strong. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot to give. So the elimination challenge, which I don't think we actually explicitly discussed, our our guest judge is uh, Adam Fleischman, and he is the owner slash inventor of 
both 800 degrees and umami burger. So we're we're diving into the world of fast casual food. What is 800 degrees? Are you guys familiar? No, I I don't. I I mean, I've heard of umami burger. Yeah, I have too. And I I can imagine what that must be. 800 degrees (laughs) is just a really intense sauna. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah, something cooked quite quickly. It could be like a wood burning oh, pizza oven type thing. Or, oh, it might yeah. be. Yeah, it might be wood burning. We're wood burning oven pizza. Could be. That's what it looks like. <laughs> That's not how it's that. One of those, what is that called? Those words really just stuck to the inside. That of your was mouth pretty there. close. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a word salad pizza description. <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's wood fired, small, uh, thin crust pizza. And yep. it's one of those where you go and you choose your six toppings, then they throw it in this wood burning oven. It actually looks yes. pretty good. And Kablamo. Yeah. So this guy, his restaurants uh, cook a million burgers a day or a week. A week. Uh, which is a lot. That is and a lot. And what these chefs are doing is they're conceptualizing their own fast casual uh, restaurant. They're mm-hmm. making one dish from it the, that they're going to serve to 150 people. And then they're going to conceptualize the rest of the menu to show the judges kind of what else they'd be thinking about. Uh, so it's, and then they it, also kind of soft pitch the judges when they arrive to eat the dish. Yeah. So here's what the restaurant would be like. Here's what the dining experience would be like. Yada, yada, yada. So you got Adam, you got uh, Tom and Padma and uh, Blaze is there instead yeah. of Gail. Yeah. And yeah. part of the fast casual definition is that this is something that could work anywhere in the country. Yes. Well, and 800 Degrees has four or five locations in Dubai, I just learned. So it has to be pretty universal. Yeah, but anywhere. if you think about the Delta, it's already hot in Dubai, so you know you don't have to get that. <laughs> it's only a 200-degree oven and a 600-degree day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just more like additional degrees. Than yeah. like, you know. <laughs> uh, how do you guys feel about this challenge? Were you guys excited about this? Is this interesting to you, the fast casual world? This, I was... Yes. Go but, ahead, Chris. Um, and for me, I think this was an interesting take on you know, how chefs make money and are successful outside of the the fine dining thing and so Uh to be a you know to take a chef who you know maybe they've done all crudos for the past 12 weeks or whatever not looking at anyone in particular jeremy just just (laughs) a lot of crudos you're right maybe a bowl in a bowl but you know it's a completely different way restaurant (laughs) Uh, in a bowl bowl. different degree bowl (laughs) yeah but you know to see a chef think through that process and think through okay you know, here's not something necessarily that I'm putting, you know, all of the labor into per dish, but it's something that has the red metal flavor. It eats, you know, it eats well and, uh, you know, could really be a successful business opportunity. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it's really interesting to see that shift just as we see the shift from Top Chef challenges to restaurant wars. Just yeah. a right. different way of thinking about how chefs make food. Yeah. 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 And I was listening on NPR to a story about how fast casual is like really up and coming right now so. take it over the world mm. yeah so it makes sense <laughs> yeah. it's hotter than a hey, everybody pizza oven do you right feel now. like paying maybe two to three times the normal amount for lunch but <laughs> still get a fast meal That's, i mean what are you what, what are you getting for lunch normally are you are, who are you asking chris chris the way you said it's three times more for lunch Oh, I don't know. I just think like if you go to Umami Burger or something like that and you get a big burger and you get all that, I mean, it's probably more than going to a like a normal Chipotle. I mean, Chipotle is like the king of fast casual. So this is like, I guess this is fast and a little bit less casual. Oh, okay. Maybe I was thinking about a sort of an upmarket fast casual. But yeah, if it's like Chipotle. Yeah, maybe they're a little more. I assume. I don't think you're. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) How are we like. In tune to only speak when the other person is speaking. All day long. Um, (laughs) Go ahead, Alex. 
I, I, you know, and like Shake Shack is is not crazy expensive, uh, and that's like the other king of fast casual right now. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's just it's just like how would you like your fast food to taste like real food? Oh yeah, and for sure. And I'm for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm in. I am. I am totally in uh, on Chipotle. Not my first choice, but in a situation where I have to eat Chipotle, it's great. Yeah, it's good. yeah. I'm I'm scared now, but yeah. well, yeah, yeah. You might, you'll die. Um, <laughs> no, no. It's sort of like how the best, you know, the safest day to fly was September twelfth. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I think now Chipotle is like the safest place you could possibly eat. Except, Except that they don't know what happened. Exactly, they so have no idea what caused it, so they're not actually fixing. So they're the right covering things. every possible base. They're just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. they're just like, yeah, they're really cracking down on everything, which is fine. Did you guys watch America's Next Great Restaurant? No. So this was also a Magical Elves show, and it was and a, a really show, weird. Right? Yeah. Uh, wait. Was Tom on that? Was Tom on it. I said yes yeah, really quickly. I don't think was he was. On, I know Tom was doing another show that like started during the start of Top Chef. I don't remember if he was, but it did feature the guy who founded Chipotle, who had these like bright red lips. No, no, it was not Tom. It was uh, the the uh, uh, Masters Australian guy, um, Curtis Stone. Oh, Curtis, Curtis Stone was hosted what was by the Curtis. Tom Stone. show. I swear, Tom was doing another show. I believe that he may have. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, Bobby. Anyway, Flange sorry, and America's Stone Next Great this. Restaurant. So it was a, it was a, a horrible flop of a show and a little prob- problematic with the restaurant they picked and the way they picked it. Um, but they, uh, it was really interesting and it was basically it was create a fast casual concept over twelve episodes and we will like there was a challenge on branding and there's a challenge on we all put you in a in carts and you go down and compete with each other uh, and then yeah it did not wow. do very well but it was interesting to me and they. Uh, um, this felt like a, a mini version of that, and it's, I know it's something that the elves care about. So, it was, and it was kind of fun. Mm. I liked it. Uh, for those of you who have been yelling at your devices, uh, "Best New Restaurant" was the Bravo TV show that starred Tom Colicchio. That's about uh, going around finding the best new restaurant, taking a oh, look. Oh, that is world. a very similar name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> can see how you would get confused <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what i was like i swear tom was on a show about new restaurants <laughs> when uh, was that so i didn't watch that either uh, yeah i i also did not see it whatsoever but i i certainly saw it's ads for it and was yeah. like tom is busy so yeah. figure <laughs> it, so American Next restaurant Challenge. featured steve ellis who founded chipotle and is a real weirdo it turns out mm, that doesn't was really very, surprise me yeah he was real weird um, anyway, yeah, back to this. So, yeah, so they're making fast casual food. Indeed. What? Um, I'm just curious if you had been invited to this uh, this elimination challenge. Oh, great uh, question. Catering situation. Also, I got really nervous because I'm I don't like a catering challenge very much. I find mm-hmm. that like seeing the food in that quantity kind of grosses me out, and just <laughs> so much of it becomes about technically like just cranking out 150 of something, yeah. which is just mm-hmm. not the same as like a really well composed plate. Uh, for me personally. So I was really pleased with how much more interesting this was than I expected it to be. Yeah, it Which great. one of these... So we had Pasta Mama, Taco Dudes, Savory Med, P.O.P.O., P.O., Gumbo for Y'all, and um, Waffle Me. Which one of these would you guys have gone to? Mm. First, I guess. Because you could probably sample them all if you were there. I mean, none of them are vegetarians, so we're just guessing. But um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> also that also like what i would enjoy eating if i was at this day versus what i think is actually a marketable idea might be different yeah okay. um, because pasta mama seemed like the most delicious to eat right then but oh even though gosh. they kept saying that was a great concept i just 
I just can't imagine a fast casual restaurant where they are making they're where they're hand making house made. That just doesn't sound like you could do that quickly. With uh, yeah. a, you couldn't hire a million people who make fresh pasta the way Chipotle just, can hire a million people to scoop beans. Yeah, totally that's did. a cool skill to teach a bunch of people. Well, true, yeah. it would be cool. Yeah, was that Megan? Oh, I I don't know. Like the dish itself didn't. I was like tuna pasta is just. It's just kind of a weird. I'm sure it's delicious, but oh, I it, wanted yeah, it, in my it mouth. seemed like a, yeah, it looks so good. It seemed like a weird, uh, fast casual concept to me too. Yeah, also, but, yeah, olive oil poached tuna does not seem like something you'd make at a fast casual place. That yeah, it just seemed it seemed like an amazing dish to not to eat, but not a good concept for this game. But at I the same agree. time, I mean, people want new new things and so you know maybe being on the sort of cutting edge of like maybe people aren't quite there with thinking that that would be a good restaurant idea right. and then once you introduce it to them that they like it well then this is the, the opposite side is that i think waffle me um which looked delicious even with the frozen waffles he, no one said by the way if we were trying to run a thousand of these restaurants anywhere in the world having frozen waffles would actually be pretty rad right yeah that would actually make this way easier well, I think the the thing is that you would you would have a waffle recipe and then you would work with, you know, various right. partners to batch make and flash freeze all of your different flavors. Yeah. Totally. And he demonstrated that he had a killer batter that could then be that. That would That's have been true. so cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure and, that I, I definitely feel like he messed up really bad. But no one said also we would be flash freezing these waffles. So, like, I could kind of see where he's going. Mm-hmm. Everyone just seemed yeah. baffled. Well, I guess... Well, I, I don't know if I got bafflement from people so much as I think everybody wanted it just to, I, they wanted the execution to be more easily replicated. Yeah. And I think their and concern tr- about the fussiness of the chicken mixed with the size of the waffle. Oh That's yeah. the thing that I feel right. like everyone yeah. came down really hard on is like, you can't eat enough of these and get full. Like you're not going to yeah, see yeah. this as a viable And it led to another lunch. great sassy editor moment where uh, the chefs are saying, uh, the judges are like, this would never work. You can never imagine an office where they just eat 40 of those. Slam cut to Kwame saying, I just oh, picture I an office buying 40 of these. Yeah. <laughs> that, was that was amazing. Sassy. Yeah. yeah. Quite, and quite. The bafflement, though, was when Tom and Adam Fleischman were walking the kitchen. And Adam was like, what, where'd you get the waffle recipe? And he's like, oh, these are frozen waffles. And it looked like Adam was short-circuiting. Like it looked like he was just didn't say anything. And he kind of tilted his head to the side and looked off into the middle distance. And yeah, I thought he, he was got the rainbow die. wheel mouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. To be, he fair, was... to be fair to him, I'm sure he was just concerned about that. I mean, he could have been concerned about that in the context of a show about cooking, where like yeah. you totally. shouldn't be buying pre-made ingredients. I don't know that it you was should hit the idea of, of trying to make waffles should. blew his mind. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "How will you make a million of these a week?" <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. Uh, anyway, so, but what do you guys think is the most... In- oh, I guess just to finish the question, I think actually Gumbo for Y'all seemed like it could... Well, to me, that seemed like the concept that would actually work the best as a concept. Mm. Yeah, um, really good think- as far as the takeaway... You know, you could eat it there or you could take it back for your family or whatnot. Yeah. And the way he mentioned and they loved this, he mentioned it as a family concept, the way KFC does like huge bucket of chicken that a lot of these most other fast casual places don't cater to the family market the same way. There's something about Mm -hmm. the phrase gallon of gumbo. Oh, it's gross. (laughs) But I sort of enjoy it. But also, I guess the thing, the the fastest elevator pitch I've ever heard in my life was when he just to camera was like, where can you go right now to get really good gumbo in your neighborhood? Or just a gumbo. Yeah. <laughs> or a gumbo. Just like, yeah, I like couldn't, quality, I outside of Southern Louisiana. Like yeah. It would be hard to find bad gumbo, gumbo for me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we were on a if we were on a scavenger hunt and it was like any gumbo of any quality, I would probably not get it. Yeah. Yeah, and that I feel like that by itself, like literally that question was all he needed to say for me to be like, "Oh, this is great." Like you're introducing something that's familiar to people, but that they also don't necessarily have access to. Perfect. And I could picture yeah. it like they, you know, they make a huge amount of the in, in the middle of the day, and then all the people, the employees have to do is scoop. They don't have to hand roll pasta. And also, yeah. you, I imagine them sort of KFC style, having like really good sides, and you, the sides matter a lot. The biscuits, the collards, and oh man, yeah, it sounds great. I could totally mm-hmm. picture that. Whereas like tiny waffles uh, wouldn't work, and taco dudes would work, and that's why there's seven carts like that in my block. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but none of them yeah. have a rooftop yeah. garden. That's true. Yeah. Or rooftop hooters. None of them are as delightfully hooters. confused as taco dudes. <laughs> it's weird how how Padma didn't like that he was going to have hot chicks serving their food. Yeah, it's almost like she's a that. feminist. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. I feel like that's something that like, I mean, so many high end restaurants have ridiculous hostesses. Like they're all just incredibly beautiful. But you don't talk about it like that yeah that's, like you don't need, that's like that's that's sure that's part of your business plan you just don't say it is like right which you know is still gross but is also just kind of the industry well and also when you say like the our concept is taco dudes you can't be like no uggos it's just two on the nose yeah you don't yeah, want to be that ugh. Mm-hmm. although if there was yeah, a taco dudes cart and it parked next to the hot dog cart called bro dogs it would be kind of a fun block. <laughs> that would be pretty good. Although I, def- I, I seriously question. Oh, go ahead, Megan. Yeah. Oh, it was to change the subject. Um, but I, I definitely thought that Carl um, had a really good concept. I didn't like the name. I agree. Nope. That the I name like was South really Med bad. Better. His first draft of the name was better. I, w- mm-hmm. I would get rid of med. I think med is really, really your problem there. It being not a food term, but a medicine term. Oh. Uh, hmm. Well, that, yeah. But, I guess, but yeah, yeah, I just thought it made a lot of sense as a concept and seemed really appealing uh, to me. So I would definitely like go to that restaurant right now. So yeah, it exactly. seemed like it seemed like a I don't know maybe like a Chipotle ran into a pita pit and mm-hmm. they hung out. I mean, if yeah, if yeah, I don't uh, yeah. Pita pit's not great, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. He seemed like he was not. Yeah, this was like not a huge. We can't stretch. speak ill of our of our secret sponsor, Pita Pit. Yeah, it's probably ran I into this know. garbage can like... that's called Pita Pit. <laughs> I was, like, if Pita Pit were a little better, I would definitely want to go there all the time. But yeah, it's, it's just not. not. Oh yeah, I yeah. Mean... There's this uh, hummus and pita co. I don't know if you guys have that out west, but it's no. It's kind of like Chipotle does pitas. Yeah, uh, and it's totally good. And you can pick I from was, like a million freaking things to put in there. That sounds totally good to me. I actually was a little, I'm less on team uh, savory med, not just because of the name, but also I just thought, uh, I just don't imagine when people walking up to a restaurant and being like choosing between a pita and couscous. I just feel like couscous is not ready for mass market yeah. yet here hmm. Yeah, in the fast hmm. casual world. That's I think funny. it's got it. I think that's because you're not putting like a big juicy piece of meat with like sauciness like on your couscous. That's probably your problem with couscous. It, well, it, this is not just that. I, this is not me not liking couscous, although I don't. It's also uh, interesting I don't, coincidence. I don't want to speak ill of our secret sponsor, couscous. But <laughs> we've got big a lot couscous. of we've got a lot of silent sponsors here, guys. <laughs> But I, I but just, I, think I just can all think, agree everything is better with a big squeeze of lemon. Am I right? 
I I'm I cannot handle couscous, but I also don't think America can handle couscous. Mm. I just not America anybody. Like I'm sure you're yelling at your i iPhone right now that you can handle some couscous, and good for you. You're very brave. <laughs> but I. Yeah. I just don't think the fast casual market is just more down market and couscous is more weirdos. Yeah, we're just in the process of getting America finally over on the side of quinoa. Well, but oh, man, I think couscous this, is ahead also, of quinoa. I think we're also in like a weirdo test market for a lot of things because I'm seeing a lot of fast casual places near my work where, you know, where so much of New York ends up working. We're all, you know, yeah. jammed into Midtown. Where and New there York are a ton lunch. of places. Yeah, where a ton of places that are basically like slappy sandwiches are also now offering like quinoa and brown rice bowls because right. that's mm-hmm. what's happening and that's what people are sort of like starting to lean toward. Yep. And yeah. so I think subbing in couscous for quinoa or subbing in couscous for brown rice, no one's going to bat an eye. But we're also, I mean, okay. we're also in a, in a weirdo food market that isn't the same as, you know, a place where a pita pit might reign supreme. I also should make this very clear that although small couscous is is pretty lame, Israeli couscous is phenomenal. Oh, so we just got to get that real Israeli couscous out there. The huh? big chewy mm-hmm. couscous is so fun. It's amazing big texture. Big chewy couscous. That's, that's your that's, DJ name. That's, that's my, my rap name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Big Chewies. <laughs> well, actually, Big Chewies is a kind of fun name. It is. It just seems like it should be for cookies, not couscous. Yeah, it's cookies true. or burritos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did so we? Let's... Go ahead, Tanya. <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to say, what did we think of some of the other? The the only other ones we haven't really gotten into are P.O.P.O., which is Mr. Chicken doing some more chicken. Yeah, which was okay. Good. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mr. Okay, chicken. Good. I mean, um, that, oh, sorry. That definitely makes sense as a, as a concept for sure. I don't, I mean, it, I, it doesn't seem very vegetarian friendly, so I probably wouldn't go there, but like, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, it yeah. made sense to me. The thing that got me yeah. is he called it rotisserie chicken. It was just oven baked. Right. Well, well no yeah. And, yeah. And they were really upset at him saying rotisserie chicken and then tearing it up. Like if you're going to tear it up, what's the point? Like they wanted to see it be a chicken. If you call yeah. it, that was, that was Tom's big issue, I think. Also, it was super bland, so it's hard for us to remember a lot about it because it's bland. Yeah, he needed to yeah. make it taste better, and he needed to sell it differently, like frame it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of a lot of stumbles with that particular one. Also, I feel like we're getting to a... <laughs> I was going to say a boiling point, but some sort of roasting peak with Amar and chicken where yeah. he's going to need to... How about Marjorie out. and still never cooking meat? Are we at a boiling point for that yet? Mm, she did tuna this time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I guess that's not like meat meat. It's not meat meat. They would still say she's not cooking meat. And she, but she poached, she poached it tuna. in olive, olive oil. That's and apparently crazy. it turned out awesome. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. And I she, made, not, I, she made a carb from scratch like she always does because she doesn't cook meat. I love it. It's my favorite. It just doesn't. I don't think it wins the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because the way you bring it up is never as though it's your favorite. You're all you always sound like very sure that she is like certainly doomed. <laughs> I, I mean, it is doomed. I mean, in in truth, like, it's the sort of thing that I would love that doesn't... But I just don't think it does well on this show. I mean, I love... we Man, we had some hand... Some house-made pasta last night that was just incredible. It's the best thing in the world. I love it so much. And I just don't think you went on Top Chef. And it, it's a... It's a... It's her credit... To her credit that it's so good that no one has noticed that she hasn't cooked any meat yet. Yeah. That's true. The judges normally are real harsh on people for that. But she's just making such good fresh yeah. bread... 
Mm-hmm. Well, she was the runner up on this one. Like yeah. she mm-hmm. almost won. Yeah. yeah. And so. I actually, I thought she was from the editing. I thought she was going to win it. Yeah, yeah me, too. me too. They were so into her whole thing. But I love mm-hmm. this news that Top Chef kind of sneaks in, you know, at the end at judges table. Oh, and also, uh, Carl was the overwhelming favorite of everybody mm. as yeah. far as the food. It's like it wasn't even a it wasn't even a contest. Like but they also don't mention that all the time. Like I know they're taking votes and like because like uh, Philip in his weird exit interview mentioned that he had, or this weird interview I read post show mentioned that he had gotten all, all the positive f- feedback cards and they just never mentioned that there were mm-hmm. even feedback cards there. So there's all these yeah, comment cards and they one. don't weigh them in unless they need to. Or they just like are aware of what what ate well for the group. Yeah, and it's but not don't necessarily something care. they're going to talk about unless they have to. Because yeah. we did, I mean, in Restaurant Wars, we did see people writing on cards. But you're right, they didn't. It didn't come up at judges' table as like a factor at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they never even mentioned it. I didn't know it was happening. Yeah. All right. Can we talk? A, can we just say one more thing about Kwame? Of course. Why Kwame? Really? Oh yeah, why did why did he do frozen waffles? Why did you? I mean, I like frozen waffles too, but obviously that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like all kinds of stuff that is not you know chefly or whatever. <laughs> whatever, yeah. yeah, like is not a great example of quality cooking. Like that's the that's not really the point, right? Yeah. I mean, for lunch, I'm probably just going to have an ice cream sundae, but <laughs> that's me. That's not a chef. But if, you well, were, if you're making something for Tom Colicchio, you're probably not going to be like, yeah. let me start with yeah. this pint of ice cream. I yeah. know. I did think it was interesting in Last Chance Kitchen where all the chefs were like, yeah, we don't really cook breakfast because we get up at like two in the right, afternoon. Right. So yeah. it sort of does make sense to have frozen waffles for us, but... Yeah. Um, and frozen waffles are good, but I just don't know, like, have you seen the show before? Yeah, I mean, this is like, yeah. <laughs> like you don't buy the pita bread in a bag. Like you, yeah. you know, you just don't do this. You don't do it's, this. Yeah, it's really on the on the razor's edge. If that, because we have seen plenty of things where they're like, I bought it, and they play the doom music, and we keep coming back around to how they bought it, and they bought it, and blah. But then at the end, if the other elements of the dish work well enough, sometimes mm-hmm. that coasts right by. Yeah, it doesn't. Usually, it doesn't win, but it does. You can get away with it sometimes. Yeah. I was sort of there yeah. was a, there was yeah. a moment where I thought maybe Kwame was going to shoot the moon, where it was going to be such a bad idea that they were going to be in love with it. But then yeah. everything else about it was still a bad idea. The tiny version of the waffles. Um, and then he didn't prepare them perfectly. Like, to get frozen waffles, which is such a dumb idea, and then to miscook them, it just made me so sad. Yeah, yeah well, some yeah. weren't crispy. But it yeah. also, like, the whole thing was a little too fussy, like we already said. Well, well yeah, and, not... And this is the thing is, yeah. I think his menu also got him to some extent. Because they mentioned, like, all these other versions of the waffle and how the waffle would be, like, the centerpiece of right. the concept because you get to choose. You really shouldn't do that when the thing you're displaying you did not make like that's and just too he dangerous does not have a waffle recipe on hand that's why he said yeah. he's like i would have done philip it but said i just he I had don't. one philip said i have a waffle recipe i can give it to you and he said no yeah but yeah. it could have just been yogurt we don't know we have no idea or it's just like <laughs> no, no, it, it's yeah. a waffle potatoes foam. but they <laughs> yeah. eat like a waffle <laughs> But they eat like a waffle, and I love them, and everyone I know loves them. Did I mention they come with a strawberry sauce? Touche. Wow. You're totally right. I'm now embarrassed for even bringing that up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If he didn't have a waffle idea, he should have come up with a different concept. Or bought a bag of yeah. flour. It's probably got a waffle recipe on the back. 
Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Is that is that that's within so the rules? Like, can you I don't buy know. Like, definitely? A, if you bought chocolate chips, the... there's a cookie recipe on the back. You're not going to go in and like marker it off so you can't look at it. I've seen <laughs> Top Chef yeah. hacks because people no, but people have done this in other things where they've like they're not sure how a sauce should come together in terms of ingredients, so they right, actually they go the and look at a pre-made sauce and see oh, what's on the list. Yeah. Just see what ingredients I've are done there. that when yeah. I'm cooking. Oh yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. If I'm like, yeah. oh crap, how do I spice oh. this up? Yeah, I need more garlic paste. Uh, <laughs> and guar gum. Oh man, I, I'm I'm always running low on guar gum. It is the <laughs> first and best thing I serve. Mm. I I'm so sad about Kwame, but it did feel like maybe somebody was right who said in episode three that they thought he'd peaked and he was going to have some trouble from here on out and was going to go out yeah. before the finals. I don't remember who said that, but I feel like maybe that did come to pass exactly as predicted. Yeah, I mean, he's for a young chef like that. His he just doesn't have as much experience, so he peaked high. He's definitely has talent. Definitely has you know bright future. In, yeah. Oh yeah. Professionally, but and best exit to Tom I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. He almost One made Tom top. cry. Yeah. Oh, it was it was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's funny that he saved that reveal that his first yeah. job was being a waiter at craft yeah he learned to love food because of tom's kitchen and he didn't use that to try to get advantages he waited till he was totally gone or he tried to use it as an advantage in last chance kitchen by doing it at the end (laughs) yeah oh man it just yeah it it really he i i think he wins for probably most graceful exit of all time like that Mm -hmm. was just so so well done that was really good we say this all the time but i think he probably wins the show i think he still went like this show did not hurt him. He is, this is, he's made a lot of great connections. Everybody loves oh, him. Oh, right, right, Everyone okay. thinks he's That's, a genius. Like, he won the show, even though he didn't win. Okay, you're saying the show was a net win for him. Oh, for sure, yeah. And he might even yeah. get the most out of it of anybody who's on the show. Because people just true. loved him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Toops. Toops, though. Yeah. Toops is, is winning uh, a lot of personality. And totally. you can see somebody like Fabio, who, you know, a few seasons back, who totally won on personality, uh, didn't win the show. But well, at the yeah, same time, yeah. kind of won the show in terms of fame and, and stuff going on. Yeah, that's true. I can, but I, I can imagine Kwame, like, he can work anywhere he wants now, is my assumption. Exactly. Whereas I think Toops wouldn't want to work just anywhere. Like, yeah. he has a very specific vision. Well, he's going to go back to his meadery. <laughs> right, right. No, exactly. Toops has got to put in a hard three years getting gumbo for y'all off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> with all his new investors. Indeed. I think this is probably a pretty good time to peel open the... Mailbag. It's actually uh-huh. real tight with four people. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out. Yeah. I think our, our sectional rehearsal really brought this to a good place. Yeah. Also, the problem is Sarah. <laughs> oh, wow. I thought the Come problem was swinging. me. I'm always saying it too early. I don't know how, like, it's like you have to really, like, it's this long hold. Well, of, what's it called? A fermata over the pause or something like that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I, yes. That is brilliant. Oh, but I Megan. think the problem, Megan, so is good. if we got it exactly right in our ears, that means once we sync this in the recording, it will actually be too late. Oh. Well, and for us, sorry to go way too inside baseball audience, yeah. but to us, it's you guys sounded about a tenth of a second later, which exactly. is about what our latency is. So yeah. hopefully oh in the edit, it will be pretty good. It's very complicated. I mean, usually I just yeah. chop all this out and replace it with angels singing. So. <laughs> yeah. pretty you mean much Charlotte Church, good. voice of an angel? Yes, you mean Sarah? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Secret sponsor yeah. this week, Sarah. <laughs> So yeah, we had a lot of great uh, great feedback. Yeah, yeah. I, can't wait I to guess hear it. let's start let's start over on Twitter. Uh, 
twitter.com slash pack your mics. Uh-huh. And I will begin. Um, oh, you know, let's begin with something that was a little, a little off topic, a little bit of a throwback, but I thought it was totally interesting. Um, this comment about, we all remember Roy Choi and his judging on oh, yeah. I think it was like a sandwich yeah. challenge. Yeah. Weird shirts. His weird, sh- well, his fantastic shirts and yeah. his uh, brutal handling of the chefs in this challenge. Um, there was a there's a piece that was pointed out to us um, by Bunbury. Apparently, he went on the Moth and was talking about uh, the, his experience with Top Chef, and basically that like that that was a great example of a total villain edit where there ne- there wasn't necessarily one, like mm. or there wasn't necessarily mm. like that. His treatment of the chefs was actually not as brutal as. It ended up looking on the show. Sure, I mean, makes sense. Interesting. I don't. Yeah. According to him. Yeah. <laughs> According at the, to well, him. at the moth, the thing where people <laughs> lie and make themselves look better. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, but it sounds like there was material that was cut out that he felt like really helped give context yeah. to what he was saying, and yeah. that I can believe. That's not just yeah. like, oh no, I was being so nice, and like <laughs> just didn't show that I was being super nice. But like, if he was giving all this constructive criticism and then ended with like, wow, that that sucked, you guys and they only ended it on that sucked you guys. I think that actually makes, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally interesting. I I, I believe that. And, but also you did say the, the mean thing at the end of your nice sentence. Like, right. I just don't know how much context ever saves somebody. Cause there's so many chefs that come on here and don't look like assholes. So you still made, like you still gave them the words to edit together this way. Mm-hmm. It, yeah i mean and it's also just to put on my pr hat for a hot minute it does take a certain amount of media training and a certain amount of prep and if sure. you don't have somebody who can help you figure out how to play that game before you go on camera yep. and you just like go buy your loudest shirt and hope <laughs> for the best like this kind of stuff can totally happen to you is well, he also famously kind of aggressive he is and i think he was being pretty real with them about what will and won't work in this world and trying not to be mean about it but of course the elves, the edit, everything else can totally, I mean, they'll take the words you say and they'll remix it into whatever you want. Maybe I'm just forgetting, but I don't remember hating him that much and I don't usually mind when chefs are pretty blunt. Uh, Yeah. I do think that there's, like, it's probably healthy for your feedback to be actually, because Philip kept saying he was getting great feedback, so someone needed to be more blunt with Philip, like when he was 15 or something, but every day (laughs) since then. Philip has always needed a mentor. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I do, I think for whatever it's worth, I do remember being totally vapid about Roy Choi and just being like, his style is on point. I love him instantly. Yeah, he's so, I, yeah. I remember, I mean, I definitely think he's cool. So even if he was mean, I was like, oh, he's cool, mean. Is he? <laughs> that's the best kind of trucks. mean. My favorite flavor of mean is cool mean. <laughs> he's, the, he's the food truck guy? Yeah, he started his, yeah. his little restaurant empire out of a food truck in LA. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. so cool. Well, that is, uh, that is. Thanks for bringing that up, though. I do like to get that additional context later, and I love yeah. I, almost any show. I would like to hear someone after the show airs talk about how different it seemed inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, completely agree. So now, fast forwarding back into the present, uh, mm-hmm. we had some comments from from Jen who said she loved Jason brawing out with Jeremy, and I do think that was a pretty fun. That was a funny, the, just like two seconds in the car on the way to the shopping trip. Jason was trying to teach or Jeremy was trying to teach Jason how to be a bro. And I liked that, <laughs> that Jason's interpretation of broing out was like a lot of Stevie wonder head motion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really just keep the head moving and you're all good. Uh, and she it, also thought, Oh, go ahead. I just, 
it is cute that you're playing up being a bro, but also stop it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, should somebody yeah. be like, listen, Jeremy, like, this is fun, but instead of teaching us how to bro, maybe just stop talking like that. <laughs> Teach yourself how to love. Yeah. <laughs> there are other options. There are. Although, I, this also reminds me of the, the Jeremy potential Doom edit that we got when he chatted with his daughter. Yeah. Which oh, we yeah. see some feedback mm-hmm. about uh, saying, yeah, he was, of course, this was the Doom edit for Jeremy, where we learned that he made his daughter read 125 books, and she's much smarter than he is at eight. I really, yeah. I liked that. Yeah. I don't know if, oh. did anyone read that as him pushing his kid too hard? Because no. I thought it was sweet. I want to no. know how many pages each book was. <laughs> yeah, Megan was yeah. super skeptical <laughs> of these Megan books. some numbers. <laughs> yeah, she's read all of Grisham. I was like, is this like CJ and Ren? Really? Right. You yeah. know? <laughs> I made my kid read a hundred picture books. <laughs> well, when you're seven, like, If there are a hundred of those board book? books where they're like eight pages and you can chew on them. You know, if you're if you're in the like first to second grade transition phase, which I think seven eight is fair to say that you're probably yeah. right around there. Yeah, you're entering um, chapter books. You're probably yeah. I think you're entering chapter books. You're probably reading a lot of Captain Underpants. Um, mm-hmm. You know that doesn't and that feels like you know just the right amount. Like maybe like maybe it's like forty to sixty pages with like real big type. You know, totally. That's what I'm. It making. sounds like fun. I have mixed feelings about people pushing their kids really hard, as you know, and. Uh, it did sound, especially because he's so broy, and he was like, "My daughter will win at everything." Like it made me feel like a little bit like uh, sad, but also like there's a lot of worse ways to push somebody than to reading a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't. This didn't feel malicious to me, and it was mm-hmm. it was sweet, but also, of course, it's so funny that as soon as someone calls their family, I'm like, they're in danger. <laughs> yeah, that's and much was, more I mean, of an issue. On the chopping block. It's much more of an issue early in the show when there's only six people you can waste some time. It's when it's like in episode three when it's like we the first time we meet you is you calling your family. Then we know you're going home today because otherwise why would we get your backstory? But at this point we know enough about it that they can mess with us. And so yeah making him like on the chopping block and giving him that could be the the elves knowingly you know winking at us. True, true, true. Chris, did you want but to go? Why didn't he go our... home? I wish he went home. I hate him. I, yeah, I'm. I am ready to say goodbye to Jeremy. I, I'm, I'm, so I'm not done. as sad about Kwame as I thought I would be. Maybe it's just because he like. Did it feel like his time? Well, no. It's just like this like beam of light hit him, and he just like yeah. spoke beautifully, and then like floated out into like a better <laughs> world. I don't know. It was just like somehow the way that he left made me feel okay about it. Totally. Um, no, I I, yeah. I completely agree. I think he he had been stumbling for a little while. This was such a bad mistake that it's like it's not, it doesn't feel like he got cheated. It feels like, come on, buddy, mm-hmm. you messed up real bad. And and yeah, also he was like so glowy extra. about it. Yeah, yeah. so glo- that's a great way to put it, Alex. I agree. Yeah, I feel good. Uh, so also, I did predict on- this exactly. You did. You really did. And I didn't want to believe you. And you were totally right. You didn't. Dave Rieger on facebook uh also agreed it was a super uh doom edit episode uh joan ag- agreed that he's not that sad about kwame that he has mm-hmm. been on a downward spiral for a while um yeah uh also there's a lot of agreement about frozen waffles being like have, have you seen top chef <laughs> but <laughs> you heard uh, about a yeah. little show you're on called top yeah. chef <laughs> but um we had a couple people compliment marjorie uh joan thinks that she now has a clear path to the finals pretty much uh, which is yep, cool. Uh, so. yeah. I think uh, Jane sure. wrote in 
and uh, wrote how impressed she was that Marjorie chose Angelina and that that really highlighted what makes a good executive chef is different than what makes a good sous chef. True. And that Marjorie mm-hmm. was a good eye for talent for what she needed for that. I'm also, so glad that she highlighted that because that is, that is something that really piqued my interest. I so yeah. thought she was going to choose Karen. And yes. I loved that. I don't know, just the, the bond that they ended up having was highlighted. Just like the way that they hugged when she picked Angelina. I really, yeah. I don't know. I just, I enjoyed that. And I liked that it was clear that Angelina was being brought under somebody's wing who was really going to, I don't know, take advantage of her talent. I liked that a lot. Yeah, yeah I definitely totally. think that's true. And I, the only thing is that we never saw Angelina ever again. So I thought maybe she might have just like put her in a box and made her cut things. And when yeah, you were, like, which wasn't allowed to maybe talk. she did, but hey, you know, there was a lot of good, uh, good cuts on that dish, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but Angelina, no, because no, Angelina had to make the pasta. She had to make all the spaghetti. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, there were a couple of shots of her learning how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Danielle yeah. wrote in and said, frozen mini waffles, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks, Danielle. Uh, and, and the only, I mean, we had some other great sort of likes and agreements on, on this stuff, uh, but. <laughs> Can I Go add ahead. a big thank you to everybody for the non-spoiler subject lines? Oh my gosh, um, they were so fun. We're going to get to email. You guys oh, you will. so oh, okay. hard. It okay. was wonderful. Oh, it was okay, wonderful. Yeah. This was I, such a fun I thought week you were doing email. That. We'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah. Uh, the only thing on Facebook is uh, that Eunice wrote in and asked if Marjorie's balls really are bigger than uh, Toops and then Swamp People's. Okay. Um, oh, we actually I have, have a nice We have a nice Twitter comment to dovetail with that. Okay, uh, good. Jen also added that... Um, Marjorie is is shit talking tubes for gumbo when all she makes is bread and isn't that rich, like and that was the I added the isn't that rich part and gumbo very rich. <laughs> isn't it all? It's all so filling. Uh, but I do. So I think true. it was interesting that she yeah that she kind of she called somebody out for being one note when we That's know true. that her notes are mostly not meat and also bread, which are great notes. Like just yes, they're even they're the best notes, notes to play. <laughs> Yeah, it's just in Sorry, any Alex, context. you had another point you wanted to make. Oh, I, uh, I just want that's just that balls thing was annoying to me. Like, it seemed like they were trying to be inclusive, but in, as Megan pointed out, by uh, by suggesting that if you don't like balls are the only thing that makes one good. So I, it was just oh yeah, ugh. come on guys, just bro less, all of you, <laughs> the restaurant industry. Yeah, bro less the <laughs> restaurant industry. So we got a great email from Jay Rambo that yeah. basically is just just trolled us uh, with, and you know I won't read the whole thing. Oh no, you should. Okay, can we? But it starts with. Oh wait! I exclamation! Know what, here, hold oh. on! I know what we should do. I'm going to read what's bracketed, which is like the Mad Libs prompt, and then Chris will read the. Okay. The, oh, it sounds the, great. The body. Okay. okay. Exclamation! I can't believe redacted happened. I knew it was likely. Uh, I as soon as he slash she made the decision to redacted. Maybe there's also just some vague juju about being paired up with <laughs> name. It's like some sort of descriptive analogy affecting someone. At least name had a good run. The else made it seem like <laughs> food item was really tasty and better received than <laughs> other food. I can only hope that Last Chance Kitchen will allow for justice. A, for slash against chef spoiler (laughs) (laughs) although it seems like being a chef from unnamed large washington city is lucky in lkc yours adverbly jay (laughs) so beautiful thank you so much that totally just made my everything it was so yeah and we had another uh so uh don pun uh wrote in and the subject line is can't believe padma was eliminated We specifically asked for for a lie spoilers uh, in the subject line, and that was the best. 
yeah also his like weird cap work in this <laughs> was really great second felt, letter of each word was <laughs> that capitalized was, it that felt made me like feel like spam, I was having a seizure but it was such a specific subject line I loved it I loved it so much <laughs> really fun thanks trolls you yeah. guys are great <laughs> oh my gosh we earned it and it was it delivered beyond my wildest dreams oh uh, we don't even deserve our fans you guys are great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so do we man? have and then last oh we had a little email oh yeah and matthew wrote in uh maddie mo from canada also uh, wrote um, in and called out the uh, zoolander joke that richard blaze made uh where maddie mo from canada like, yeah <laughs> or richard on seeing kwame's waffles is like they need to be at least three times as big <laughs> yeah that was a good time yeah that's nice i just want yeah. to point out so is that the end of the mailbag yeah i just want uh, to add roughly uh, roughly roughly want, okay anyway couple, just i mean throw we had some more our, folks i give go up ahead. <laughs> just the worst timing go ahead tanya oh sorry i was just gonna say we did have a few more folks uh chime in on twitter covering a lot of the same ground we had lauren talking about tom being so touched by what kwame had to say and yeah. uh yeah oh and apparently <laughs> apparently carl actually invented a restaurant that totally already exists that's called garbanzo grill sure <laughs> so, yeah. good call brian <laughs> yeah. thank you for pointing that out for us well that's yeah. how they know it's a good concept yeah and Krista thought the hot money. chicks thing was gross it's gross. Mm-hmm. Um, Stop being yeah. so broy, restaurant industry. Stop being so broy. Yeah, but totally. uh, great mailbag this week. Great yeah. mailbag, everybody. Keep writing us in. Facebook dot com slash packing mics at packing mics on Twitter, or you can reach the email on podcasts at read dash weep dot com. I just want to add a shout out to uh, the fine folks on uh, our Reddit uh, or on our Top Chef on Reddit, um, who I enjoy tremendously. And they, uh, uh, an eagle-eyed person caught back from season 10 in Seattle, uh, one of the dining services uh, has, uh, has Jason from, this, from now Last Chance Kitchen, because um, he's Whoa. a Seattle guy, in the dining room oh. eating, and he talked a lot about the food that they, he was getting, and so it was like a preview of things to come. That's hey, uh, fabulous. Also, we've definitely eaten in one of Jason's, or one of Jason's restaurants that he no longer is involved with, but definitely... Definitely did that, and it was really delicious. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I bet. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's talk about Last Chance Kitchen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, how how's everyone feeling about Jason? I feel like I'm, the tide is turning. He still annoys me, but I'm I'm rooting for him now. Megan, is he prancing into your heart? Yeah, <laughs> he is. Yeah, <laughs> you sound so bummed <laughs> about that. Yeah. The, the Migos seemed really good. Oh my god, yeah. the Migos. Yeah. Yeah, Migos are a great dish. Like yeah. the the eggs eggs bougie seemed fine, but oh my yeah. god, Migos. Yeah, those looked I mean, and also I loved that he was so focused on texture and then he just nailed it. Yeah. Like, it's such a it just feels so satisfying sometimes when people like lead you up to something and then they're just like, and also here's how it's done perfectly. And yeah, he's like, you seem like yeah. we, uh, go ahead. It's, you seem like such an expert when you start the the challenge by saying this is a texture dish, and then it ends with Tom going, "The textures were incredible." Yeah, it's just so heartwarming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I love seeing Jason, he's like, "Yep, there weren't croutons or breadcrumbs in the kitchen, so I'm just ripping up bread, oiling yeah. it up, and shoving it in a wood burning oven, and I hope that in five ten minutes At it'll 800 be eight hundred degrees." <laughs> <laughs> Umami. Wink. Yeah. Um, also, Jason did those eggs where he was like, "I have fifty nine seconds, so I don't get it. I don't get to mess these up." And then perfectly oil poached them, 
in under well it's like i can't drop them or break them mm-hmm. yeah like he, yeah, there was not enough time to do up. a second one he couldn't mess them up at any if he overcooked them there's no second chance like i have 59 yeah. seconds and he dropped the last the second egg with like two seconds remaining it was incredible oh mm-hmm. it just was so pleasing to watch yeah yeah i and don't i it, i it seemed like those eggs bougie might have done well under any other circumstance, but Jason just nailed the migas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I, I think there's just something really, really working about Last Chance Kitchen this season, and I've been struggling to put my finger on it. Sometimes it seems like it's that Tom is just like so like loose and free in a way that like yeah. we've not seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and is enjoying know, the food. Like he, he keeps saying, like taste each other's dishes, like as a compliment. Like you'll enjoy them. You should. Yeah. 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 And it's also a good way for chefs to like have an idea of like, okay, I see what he means when he's like, this is better. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But uh, at the same time, also last in kitchen, the chefs, the peanut gallery is just so casual. Like you got Angelina yeah. and her little reporting. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, Karen that. with her arms around uh, around sassy chef, just giving commentary the whole time. And yeah, and, it was yeah. fun. Yeah, I, I assume. Here's my thought: Jason definitely beats Jeremy next week. You think? But, but then he's gonna have Carl or Amar for the finale, and I don't know. I like he's still got a a, a long. He's still got to go two for the next two. I guess. I guess there's only two left. I feel better about Jason versus Amar. Actually, yeah. no, I don't know. I, I, I think there's, a, there's still an outside chance that he could get through it. I, I could think see Jeremy's him beating J- Jeremy and Amar. I, I totally disagree. Really? You think Jeremy's going to beat Jason? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but he's going to wipe the floor with him. But, t- oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so brutal. Well, because like, I think that Jeremy has like excellent technique, excellent you know, uh, you know, kind of ability to execute. The problem with Jeremy is sometimes his decision-making isn't great. Last Chance Kitchen, your decisions are usually made for you. Like, you just mm-hmm. go ahead and, like, you know, you're pretty constrained. And Jeremy has just shown, like, especially, like, early, but really to the middle of the season even, that he was getting, he was on top more than anybody else. Uh, you know, he's just able to to execute in a way that the other chefs aren't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're, you're always, it's always, easy, like, you're always more likely to win betting on someone not making it through Last Chance Kitchen. I mean, it's so sure. hard. And if Jeremy does, or if J- Jason does win two more and gets back on the show, it will have been a phenomenal run. Yeah. But it's still yeah. a long yeah. shot. And I, but I, I could imagine him beating Jeremy and I could imagine him beating Amar. Um, yeah. I'm not, like, not a huge favorite, but I can imagine those two things happening. And then him getting back into the finals uh, against uh, Carl, Isaac, and Breadcrumbs. And that would be super fun. <laughs> <laughs> can we start referring to Carl as Pixie Bottom or is that. <laughs> Is that not no, <laughs> I feel like that would be dangerous for me, but you can say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, fine. If I if I outlaw if I outlawed that other term that I'm not using, I will not start using Pixie Bottom. Oh no, no, no wait! Since you said I can't use that bubble. term, how about we require you to call him Pixie Bottom? Oh no, <laughs> it's only fair. I guess I guess I'm I'm curious about what Jeremy's trajectory is in this world where he beats Jason and then comes back on the show chris like what happens then does he just like does he does he give them some sort of men in black mind treatment so that he can win with a crudo and they won't remember that that's <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean i just think his his technique his resume his his backgrounds uh you know is all very very strong i see him if he gets the finale being a serious contender there 
Really? What if? I did not know you were Team Jeremy. Well, so I'm oh, Team God. Fish. And Chris just took off his sweatshirt and he just has a t-shirt printed with Jeremy's face. <laughs> yep. Is, and then he took that new... off and then he just had Jeremy written on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> and he took that off and his heart is also Jeremy's face. Yeah, yeah now uh, he's bleeding slowly. So we ought to get that stuff back together. <laughs> <laughs> you got to rush through not the power of your chest, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Alex, Megan, what are your predictions? How, are, how do we think this is going to stack up? Go ahead, Megan. Um, I'm a little bit worried that Jeremy's going to stick around. Mm. Like, I, I feel like he's one of those that's like always like from now on, always on, you know, second choice to go home, but not quite. And then mm. like he ends up like either winning or almost winning the the season. And then we're all like really sad if uh, if he wins. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just I don't season. I just don't have a. I'm I'm just thinking sort of negatively. Like yeah, right you're now. so pessimistic. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think you have every reason to. I mean, we've been burned before. It's yeah. not out of the realm of possibility that this just goes away. That doesn't feel as as good as it could. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's completely fair. All right. So here's my prediction: Jeremy out next week loses to Jason in Last Chance Kitchen. Amar out the final week before the final finale. Jason also beats Amar. They go, mm-hmm. Jason, back in the competition. They're in wherever their finale is in. Do we Las know Vegas. that yet? What, Chris? Las Vegas. Is it in Vegas? Great. Yeah. Um, interesting. So they're in Vegas. So it's uh, it's Toops, Pixie Bottom, Breadcrumbs, and Jason back in. Uh, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say Marjorie wins. Yay. I like it. I I love that story. I'm sure I'm say, and I say Pixie Bottom is the first out in the finale. So the the last three: Jason, Toops, and Marjorie. And Marjorie wins. Interesting. That's my that's my prediction. This prediction brought to you by Walker and Sons. Slap your mama, Cajun seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I mean, I yeah, I want to give that the lemon wedge. I feel like that could. <laughs> That would be so nice. There's a lot of heart exactly voting there, out. not all head, especially the last decision. I want Marjorie to win. I don't know if she will, but I want her to win. I would. I mean, I would also love, 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 love that. But what if this is a Princess Bride situation and she was sword fighting left handed the whole time? What if she's awesome at making meat? Oh, wouldn't that be rad? Oh man, oh, that would be so good. <laughs> it would be rad. I I doubt it, but I do expect that she's very competent with meat. And that what I what I'm guessing is her finale meal, where it's like six courses of whatever you feel like. Her dessert will be flawless. She'll have a homemade bread course. You know, she'll do a her the the meal is so good that even if yeah. the like lamb is just adequate she can still win on the strength of everything else being a 10 mm-hmm. see and i would say that if the next challenge is like this beautiful meal but i feel like in the final inadequate lamb can really or just like barely adequate lamb even can really throw you like it, it comes down to these like razor fine decisions but a lot a lot of time the finale is like they put course one against course one and they're like she wins course one and then she wins course oh, two and i could imagine yeah. her doing like she yeah. takes four of five but she loses the meat course and then someone is like do we but but how much do we weigh the meat and tom is like she won four out of five that's the rules even though it's not yeah hmm interesting uh, but I also, this is all my heart I, I, this is all heart <laughs> there's a there's a little tiny bit of parchment paper sticking out of our Mailbag. Mailbag. <laughs> that I actually wanted to bring up to this part of the discussion because um, Chris Dokahama also noted that this season is really testing the chefs as restaurateurs. 
mm, um, as much as it tests their cooking skills. And I think that's something to consider. Like, I, I do agree that this is this has a much more restaurateur sort of business savvy focus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's I not wonder... as though the finale is going to be like you have 24 hours by yourself to make a restaurant. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm With not, your I'm own not money. arguing that. I'm <laughs> yeah. not arguing that at all. But I do wonder of the folks we have left, who do you think is is most? I mean, barring the fact that like Toops has a a metery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, t- I guess I'm just curious who feels like the strongest, you know, sort of fresh restaurateur. I mean, I, I don't know. if Fresh is the same, but Toops definitely seems like the most experienced at restaurants. Marjorie, I think, would come up with something new and amazing. Yeah, I guess I, the thing about him is that the thing about or Isaac that I both love and that I think sort of shortens sort of his range is that he has a very like niche expertise. Yeah, and there's not there's nothing wrong with that. I think he can have a great career in that niche. It's just not necessarily the same breadth as Top Chef asks of you. I mean, you know, he worked for. Uh, he worked Emerald. for Emerald, and Emerald has the same niche expertise and is the biggest you can get. Mm. Yep, mm. that's true. Mm-hmm. No, that's I'm, that's what I'm saying. He can have an amazing career. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, you know, if we're, I guess it becomes sort of like, what kind of Top Chef are you looking for? There can be many a flavor. Yeah. I love him, and I think he's in the finals, and I don't think he wins for that reason, maybe. Yeah. However, yeah. I do expect Padma to call his food soulful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I also want to compliment Chris Takahama for getting a piece of parchment for the mailbag. That was real slick. Well, I feel like we had... Didn't we have some parchment paper pants? Oh, yeah. We had parchment paper pants uh, last week uh, in the show without you guys. Oh. Parchment paper pants? Yeah. yeah, as as was busy dressing in nothing but the supplies in the Glad Rage Pantry. <laughs> <laughs> of course he was. Yeah. <laughs> so he was swaddled in some parchment paper pants that we were all pretty unhappy about. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, oh, fair enough. That's a, yeah. sort of translucent... Yeah, yeah also that's very exactly why we were a little sad. Part, you can't yeah. sneak up on you, which is nice. Yeah, they tear when you try to walk or yeah. move. Yeah. <laughs> Not a chef outfit. Sounds like I Ezra, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's classic Ezra, for sure. Awesome. I think that... Does that take us to the end? Do we have any other comments? Yeah. Did you guys predict? Or, Tanya, did you predict? I think we're missing you. Oh, I just want your thing to happen. Is oh. that okay? <laughs> yeah, it's <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> yeah. I do. I guess I, I, I do feel like Jeremy's hanging on by a thread. Um, and I think it's it's between Jeremy and Amar to me about who goes home next. I think Carl is going to be feeling, you know, hype off of his last win and is going to continue to try and, you know, be showcased a little bit more. And um, I don't want anything to happen to Marjorie. I really One don't. One more tiny prediction. Mm-hmm. Lauren B. from The Bachelor makes a surprise appearance in Last Chance Kitchen and wins it all. Because <laughs> she can't go wrong. <laughs> her little doll head. She can't Never vote against her little tiny doll head. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if, if so, hey, pack your mics. <laughs> hey, pack your mics. Read if and weep. You don't listen to read and weep. Maybe you should. Well, we <laughs> did an ad for pack your mics on read and weep last week, so maybe this is the time to say that we've been talking about a lot of reality shows on our sister podcast, read and weep at yeah, readandweep.com. Was America's Next Top Model, and this upcoming week is uh, The Bachelor. The Bachelor, so much The Bachelor. Yeah, and uh, so if you want to, if you want to pop by, hear more about reality shows. That's our thoughts over there. Yeah. Lauren B has a Indeed. tiny doll head. That's the only thing you really need to know about that show. <laughs> that's, that's and they left Olivia on an island. <laughs> they sure did. That has never oh, happened boy, on Top Chef. They. They've never been like one of these. You guys both cook, and the loser stays here. <laughs> loser just stands here in some sand. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Well, uh, we won't. We won't leave you on an island, dear listeners. We we'll might be back next Chris? week. 
Well, actually, yeah, come to think of it, Chris. Huh? Uh, it's been fun, but uh, you're gonna have to pack your mics. No, but tacos, brah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, now I actually. Want I you know, to leave. I know, and you certainly, you certainly had some great ideas for some hot chicks, but we, we, we gotta, we gotta say goodbye. Oh. This is my concert for a restaurant. It's called "There Are Hot Chicks Here." <laughs> my work. Well, I had a good run. Yeah. You know, frozen waffles might have been my downfall, oh. but they will also be my They're succeed. Always in my heart, in real life. Yeah. They are so good. So good. Especially yeah, buttermilk Eggo waffles. Eggos to you oh guys. Gosh. <laughs> mm. Keep those spoiler free subject lines coming our way. I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> we hilarious. love hearing from everyone. Thank you so much for, for writing in. And we will see you again next week. Bye. Slap your mama. <laughs>